Daniel Jeremiah has released Mock Draft 2.0 at NFL.com, so we're going to react to it today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to issue a big thank you, shout out, and welcome to our everydayers. Those of you who make us your first listen every single day, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Joe, I made a discovery yesterday. Okay. And I wanted to know if you were aware of the existence of the YouTube subculture of Disney goes rock. Yeah. I'm not aware of this. Peyton Parrish. Nope. Not a sponsor of the show. This is, this is just my, all the childhood Disney songs that you knew from all the animated movies from like the nineties. Name, name some of your favorite Disney movies. Uh, Jungle Book, Lion King, Lion King, 101 Dalmatians. You need me to keep going? Is that well, you kind of went off the board there a little bit, but that's okay. Those are off the board. Those are three of the most famous. Jungle Book Disney. and 101 Dalmatians are your favorites. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't, I didn't get Hercules. I didn't get Pocahontas. I didn't get Mulan. Right, because right, those aren't my favorite Disney movies, so I didn't say them. They got all those soundtracks have banger songs from the movies, and there's like hard rock versions of them on YouTube, and they're really good. This so is, what, is this what you're doing with your free time? I now? found it yesterday, kind of happenstance. And yeah, I went down the rabbit hole. and I'm like, Moana, how far yeah. I'll go. They, mm, they did yep. how far I'll go from Moana. Very good. Um, I'll make a man out of you from, oh, Tarzan, the Phil Collins soundtrack. Phil Collins made the best movie soundtrack of all time with the Tarzan movie. I don't know if you're Wow, that's a heck of a take. Not. Heck of a take. Yeah. Dude, every song is just a ripper and they son of man they did so check it out this is a big shot kyle Krabs said you know what first thing we're doing today on this podcast i'm giving a shout out to this youtube channel peyton parish hard rock disney disney songs yes in front of danger jeremiah's mock draft all right so as for daniel jeremiah's mock draft our objective today is to react to this obviously dj um one of the premier voices in the nfl draft industry And he always tells you that mock drafts are based on what he's hearing. His rankings are based on how he sees the class. And so it's always funny to consider, or not funny, it's always fun to consider some of the big narratives out there and what's reflected in what Daniel Daniel Jeremiah put on paper here. And so the, the, the thing that really stands out to me as we start to reflect on the, you know, the top 10 picks or so is that for as much buzz is out there for Jaden Daniels at wide at quarterback for JJ McCarthy at quarterback, DJ still got Caleb Williams one to the Bears. He still got Drake May two to the Commanders. Now Jaden Daniels goes six to the Giants. JJ McCarthy goes eight 
to the Falcons, but we haven't quite seen him flip around the order quite yet. Yeah, I don't I don't think he should. I, I I would be pretty confident with it staying the way that it's been long assumed. So maybe the combine interviews, top thirty visits, pro days will you see the Big Twelve is not doing individual pro days too? No, I didn't see that. Uh, what, they're they're what? having a conference mini combine. I like it. Yeah. The, the efficiency component of that makes so much sense to me. Correct. Yeah. Why, why do these coaches have to spend the, the next two months just going from college to college? Let's, let's, let's uh, consolidate and make this easier. Tighten it up a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, I generally like the way the four quarterbacks went off the board, and, and I'm really excited about J.J. McCarthy and his fit in Atlanta. I think that's one of the better landing spot opportunities for him. I know Minnesota's a popular team to invoke. Atlanta's obviously up the board further than that. And DJ kind of teased in the analysis that, you know, it's, it, they're going to be aggressive. So they, they may even come up from eight for quarterback. How'd you and, maybe, feel about- and maybe that's how the, the order gets interrupted. If somebody has a guy and they, they trade up in the order, to go get their guy, maybe that's how the status quo order that's assumed is not the status quo we get. Jaden Daniels going to the Giants is fascinating to me for a couple of reasons. Number one, I don't know. I've kind of convinced myself that the Giants are sticking with Daniel Jones, and that's their quarterback. So obviously, you draft Jaden Daniels at number six. You're telling us that he's not your quarterback, right? Also, the the analysis for DJ is very much well. You could see the Giants moving up for a quarterback. And so maybe that's not as sure of a thing, and maybe it shouldn't be. But I, I've kind of accepted that that's their path at quarterback. And, you know, it'd be a heck of a pivot to go to Jaden Daniels or move up to get one. So I thought the Giants being the third quarterback spot, the Patriots, of course, passing on one at three, um, really was a bit of a shakeup there for me in terms of that top six. I think there's enough smoke from all the insiders that I'm ready to assume that New England is going to take best player available, probably Marvin Harrison Jr., and is going to find a veteran to be their quarterback, whether it's Kirk or Baker or Man. a trade. Tannehill. Let's just go with Tannehill, New England. Nah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, you... from a completely unbiased perspective, I would yeah. love to see <laughs> Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill's going to Pittsburgh with Arthur Smith, though, right? Like, that's just... Destiny, Probably. Probably. yeah, it's destiny. There's our competition for Kenny Pickett, old Ryan Tannehill. Um, I I have a question. Yeah, I, I think we both generally agree Marvin Harrison Jr. is a transcendent player. But yeah. if you if you are Arizona and you have to not get Marvin Harrison Jr., is there a better air quotes consolation prize for Kyler and what they want to be offensively than Malik Neighbors? Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're, I, you're I don't okay. think the step down there is si- significant at all. No, especially for how Kyler plays the game. Um, I, I think that the explosive playmaking of Malik Neighbors would be a welcomed addition to that offense. And obviously there's a decision to make on Hollywood Brown, but especially if you don't get mm-hmm. Hollywood Brown back, to have Malik Neighbors is wonderful. Yeah. But and I think Neighbors is more diverse. Than Hollywood too. By Char- a bit. Chargers going Joe Alt um, at tackle. 
Which is interesting because part of the disruption here is that they don't have Harrison or neighbors available for them at five because the Patriots picked a wide receiver. And so Mm -hmm. that puts them in a position to do something different. And obviously they have Rashawn Slater, who's an all pro left tackle. They just paid Trey Pipkins, but he was bunts this past year. Um, I I certainly get it. And, And part of the part of the analysis here from DJ was a statement pick, right? It's Harbaugh's first pick. Um, as the head coach, I, I guess I just really haven't thought about this landing spot for not only Joe Alt, but just a tackle to the Chargers at number five. Yeah, getting their pick of the litter and, and going with Alt. Um, and him and Slater is a heck of a combo, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Um, the rest of that group still, though, a little bit in flux. Corey Lindsley officially... Uh, restructuring his contract to vet yeah. minimum. So it sounds like that, that retirement with his heart condition is, is something we're going to see come. So the interior offensive line for them uh, will, will need some work, but uh, I think it's, it's worth acknowledging Harbaugh and, and that offense and Greg Roman's on the staff. Yeah. Run the ball, run the darn ball, right? Like I know the, the shirts and the hats don't have the word darn on it, but this yeah. is a family friendly program. So yeah, I think they, if that's what they're going to want to be, you're going to need a lot better talent up front to do that with consistency, which is this weird dynamic of what they're paying Herbert versus being a, a run-oriented or runs the running the ball is the big point of emphasis. But there's a balance to be struck there, but having tackles on rookie contracts is a good way to do it. Yeah, I also wonder if a path for the Chargers with the offensive line is getting Salyer back out to tackle. Um, where I th- he's probably better there is rookie at tackle. I think he was better than his second season at guard. So maybe getting him back out to tackle. So your tackles are Sawyer um, and Slater. Then of course you have Lindsley back at center. You have Zion Johnson at a guard spot. Then you just figure out a guard spot and then you don't have to pick a tackle well, here at number Lindsay's five. He's retiring. So they're, oh, they're going to need a center. Good Lord. Yeah. Then yeah, you got a lot to figure out there. Right. Okay, well, there's some of the highlights of the top 10. We don't want to spoil the whole thing for you. Go to NFL.com and be sure to read Daniel Jeremiah's Mock Draft 2.0. But we're going to get into the next slate of picks. A lot of defense coming up here, so be sure to stick with us. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus Bets if your first bet wins. So be sure to check it out and bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. And it's not just the NBA right now. They got football's futures, hockey, whatever sports you're into. FanDuel is going to have some great opportunities for you to get in on the action. So just visit fanduel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Edge guys come off the board here fast. 11 and 12. DJ has Minnesota with Dallas Turner. That's maybe a surprising edge one. Uh, and then the Denver Broncos going with Jared Verse. And I think that's a really interesting contrast versus the other edge guys that they have. He's a lot of things, the other edge guys, which I like their edge guys. Yeah. Between Bonito and Cooper and. Uh, Baron Browning versus uh, a very different body type. And I think that probably would have some benefit for complementary rush types. 
But uh, I was a little surprised that Dallas Turner ended up being the first edge off the board. Well, the Broncos would be a lot better setting the edge. Uh, some of those outside right. runs with Jared Verse, uh, for sure. That'd be a welcome addition. Yeah, I, I had a little bit of sticker shock when I saw Dallas Turner to the Vikings. Um, and then I thought to myself, it kind of makes sense. Like their entire edge group is expiring contracts and they need more there. And one of the questions that I wanted to ask you um, when I looked through this was, you know, Brian Flores, the defense coordinator for the Vikings, do you get the sense that he's a pass rush guy or a coverage guy? Because that probably dictates things here, right? Like they're they're in a position here to have their choice of corner or their choice of right. edge rusher. And, and in this scenario, they went with the edge rusher who might not be the better prospect than the top corner. Based off his time in Miami? where I know the general manager has a MO for grocery shopping for recipes provided by the coach. They spent big on corner. Yeah. They had Xavier Howard and they signed Byron Jones to a market reset contract and drafted Noli Benogany in the first round of the same draft class. And I know that was a big Flores uh, pick at the time. So, so if they're equal, you'd expect them to go corner. I would expect them to go like they're they're big free agent acquisitions, and that's kind of the, the New England way too, right? Yeah, Is yeah. you know they, they they go with the big bodied, long arms, heavy hands types up front. Emmanuel Ogbin, Miami. You think of like Dietrich Weiss and the, the success that he's had as a more of a mid round pick. So yeah, if if Flores has his input that pays off here, I would expect corner to be the pick. And, and we, I would expect he would, he would love Terry and Arnold is, is yeah, I think would no love doubt, him. no doubt. So, but Terry, Terry and Arnold winds up going 13 to the Raiders. Like this is where the corners come off. Terry and Arnold, 13 to the Raiders. Kyle is called a timeout. Timeout, timeout. You ever buy something and you know, right away, like within the same day that you get home from wherever you bought it from, you're like, I shouldn't have done that. Um, I'm pretty calculated with my spending. So am I. I'm pretty calculated with my takes, too. But every time a, a hire comes out for this Raiders coaching staff. Oh, did one just pass through? Uh, last night, Joe Philbin's now on staff. Oh, God. Right. And I'm like, mm, we both pounded the table for Antonio Pierce. Yeah. And an OC pull out and somehow pick the worst one. Yeah. We didn't like the first one. Not loving it. Not loving the Raider staff, not loving the commander staff. And I just saw the Joe Philbin last night. I'm like, mm, it's another one right. I don't like. So I said Raiders, and that's what prompted this this timeout. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So the corner run happens here. Bronc or excuse me, Raiders, 13, Terry and Arnold. The Colts, 15, Nate Wiggins out of Clemson. And then you see Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo, 17 to the Jaguars. Even Ennis Rankstraw or Rakestraw, 22. So this is Cooper DeJean, 25. Like, this is where they go in terms of this mock draft. Um, J.C. Latham, let's bring him up. He went 14 to the Saints. Mm -hmm. There's nothing surprising about the Saints picking an offensive lineman, right? That's just what they do under Mickey Loomis. What's interesting here is that this definitely sends a message, uh, and I know Trevor Penning, it hasn't really worked out at left tackle. So, Andrews Pete, finally an expiring contract. You feel like they're happy about that. But are we? Do you think that there? If this were to go down, is Latham being drafted to be the left tackle, and we're going to figure it out with Penning, or do you think Latham has a path to a guard spot? I think Latham does have a path to a guard spot, uh, at least in immediate 
returns uh, to get him on the field. I I have a hard time seeing based on who New Orleans still has back and and how Penning's played that he's not one of the, the Latham's not one of the best five. I would just kind of go in open minded and say, hey, we maybe we have six guys we feel are starters, but I feel like Latham would not be the sixth guy on that list. Um, I certainly think he'd, he'd come in and, and has a good chance to outperform what Trevor Penning's been thus far. Yeah. I, I wonder, is there a path for Penning at guard? Like, is his over aggressive nature on an island? problematic like i i need to watch trevor penning's tape that's one thing i need to do kevin jenkins pathway for him yeah something like that even tyler smith to an extent and if that happens is that happening in new orleans or is that a hey we're gonna give up move on and punt here i don't think so i think maybe it's good for good form do you think they have to do that right now it's it's year three no but i'm just being mindful of the continuing cap situation in New Orleans and they get cap compliant every year. I understand that. Yeah. But they're probably still four, four years away. So if you can transition away from him and continue to add more assets to kind of refill the pond, be something I would consider if you're not going to start him at tackle. How excited are the Bengals to get Brock Bowers at pick 18 tight end out of Georgia? I I think both them and uh, Seattle at 16 got really good picks for their respective teams. Obviously, we we talked about uh, with Cincinnati and the tight end market yesterday. Um, every tight end, I think you didn't mention Mitchell Wilcox, but he's also an expiring. All of them, contract. literally so all of them. Four yeah. tight ends are all expiring contracts, right? Bowers, kind of this uber position flex guy i think zach taylor would have a lot of fun with him Uh, and then seattle with byron murphy uh they need horses up front big time and murphy's kind of a nice blend of stature athleticism stoutness so i think those two in the back half of the top 15 are, are ones that i really like I feel like Brock Bowers is uh, a player that maybe we've been conditioned to think he's going to go in the top 10, but the reality is maybe he's not like I get, he was awesome at Georgia. There's no question. I love the way he plays. He's unbelievably competitive. I think somebody should pick him in the first round, but this range might feel a little bit more appropriate just based on he's, he's a little bit of a strange body type, right? I mean, yeah, he just is and really talented, but, you, I mean, O.J. Howard, like there was a lot of talk of him as a top 10 guy. And then this is about the range that he went. You know, I think maybe this is a better way for us to calibrate our expectations for where Bowers could go. Yeah, I mean, it's there have been examples of those top 10 guys. And I think Brock is probably a little in between both the the, the archetypes, the Hawkinson. Yeah. is just a, a mauler of an inline player. And Brock Bowers, you mentioned the competitiveness, but I wouldn't classify him as a mauler, mauler as an inline no. player. Right, right. And then Kyle Pitts is the freakish athleticism. Bowers has a ton of versatility, super high football IQ, but is he a freakish athlete to the degree that Kyle Pitts was? Right, even Eric Ebron was freakish right. athlete. And that, did he go – he went top 10, right, to the Lions? Yeah. So – yeah, I, I think it's a very real possibility. 
And this past tight end class was loaded with good tight ends. Yeah. And they didn't go early. Yeah, Kincaid was the first at 25-something. I feel like I should know this, right? 25, and then... You should know it. Yeah, somewhere. Well, the Bills traded up, so I, I don't, you know, I don't remember all that. Um, yeah, I think this is uh, probably a better range for Brock Bowers. Can, can I give one more thought before we go to the next segment? Yes. DJ giving Jackson Powers Johnson to the Rams, who... Expiring contracts. They got a couple of them inside. Coleman Shelton is the center. You get Steve Avila next to Jackson Powers Johnson. That's boogie. And you potentially bring back Kevin Dotson to play right guard. Tyron Williams, stock up, baby. Holy cow, man. They are going to wash some people off the ball if they are able to get that lined up. I love the fit next to Avila and potentially Dotson. I think you look. In starting at about 16 for JPJ, I just feel like there are so many spots with Seattle, with Cincinnati, with the Rams, with the Steelers, with the Dolphins. I, like, I know Jacksonville just picked Luke Fortner, but like Luke Fortner probably wouldn't stop me from picking JPJ. He might stop them. I feel like they like Fortner. Okay, I don't know then, that they should, but they love him. Yeah, that's fine. But I'm just saying for me personally, I wouldn't. I, and JPJ could probably play guard and they have a need at guard too. JPJ's absolute floor is what? Oh, boys at 24. Like, there's no chance it's any further than that, in my opinion. Yeah, 16 through 24 is, is he's going in there. Yeah. All right. We're going to get to the back stretch of picks. A lot of bet on traits, guys. Of course, Kyle's got to react to the Dolphins pick. I got to react to the Bills pick. Stick with us. We'll be right back. All right, Joseph. So we've gone through the first 20 picks without. Tipping all of them. As you mentioned, go to NFL.com. You can read Daniel Jeremiah's second mock draft. And we're thankful for DJ for dropping the content for us. Uh, starting the back 12 is my Miami Dolphins. And they draft Leitu Latu, pass rusher from UCLA. Uh, Miami, of course, had uh, a flurry. It's a blizzard of edge injuries towards the end of the season. A pun intended in this the cold game against Kansas City. Yeah. Ah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. You had the, the uh, sun wasn't shining on the, the health of the Miami Dolphins defense. Jalen Phillips torn Achilles on Black Friday. Bradley Chubb torn ACL. Final five minutes in Week 17 against Baltimore. Uh, then you have Andrew Van Ginkle going down with a foot injury that kept it was like a non weight bearing foot injury for a month. Um, the really ugly walking wounded list towards the end, and Latu, I think his tape is probably it. Maybe parallels Jalen Phillips a little bit when you consider Jalen Phillips was probably the best pass rush tape in 2021. It was like him and Quiddy Pay. What direction were you going to go? Uh, medicals cause him to slide a little bit. Jalen Phillips, as far as his hit background and history, and he medically retires and comes back out. Well, Latu's on the same track, and uh, it kind of gets to the same stratosphere where it the Dolphins have been at their best when they've picked premium positions in the first round, whether it's been Tunsil or uh, what, the, what they were able to do with wide receiver becoming a premium position and going Jalen Waddell. Austin Jackson's turned into a good pick. So do I – 
think it's the most pressing need? No. I think in a perfect world, though, you address free agency in a world where you don't need to pick the most pressing need, and you can just take the best player. And if they're going to go true BPA, I think there's a good case for that in lot two. You had to grab. I'm a big fan of lot two. This this does feel a little bit like, hey, we're unsure about our edge rushers at the start of the season because if you have Chubb and Phillips, nobody's talking about edge rushers for the Dolphins. Right. But right. that's in jeopardy at the start. So, like, do you make a decision, though, to – pick a player to help with that. And obviously there's a long-term benefit to lay to, but and, and there's a lot that's going to sort itself out, but like interior offensive line, interior defensive line, good value also exists there where I don't have to base this decision and really skew it this much just based on, well, it's unfortunate that we're gonna have a couple guys out probably to start the season. Yeah. I, I think a couple guys that are on the board that, that I would consider Johnny Newton, the defensive lineman from Illinois who does not go in the DJ's first round at all. Uh, I think he's worth consideration here at more of a position of need. Um, Graham Barton, who goes a little later. Zach Frazier, I think is a good fit. JPJ would be an awesome fit if he was there. Uh, Some people are mocking wide receiver. I'd be surprised if they went there in the first round, Uh, but they do need other bodies aside of, they, they their eleven personnel lacked the punch that it needed, so I think there's a lot of different directions that they could go. I think this this happens to be a true BPA pick as things are lined up. A lot of toolsy guys here in this stretch. Brian Thomas, the receiver out of LSU to the Texans. That's a little surprising to me, um, based on Tank Dell and Nico Collins. You know, but. Keep adding to it, right? Just Get keep going. A couple power forwards that can run on the outside. It's yeah. a good combo for C.J. Stroud, man. Yeah. Tyler Guyton, big-time toolsy tackle to the Cowboys out of Oklahoma. That feels like that makes sense to me. Darius Robinson, toolsy defensive lineman going to the Cardinals. You feel like they definitely need that. Amarius Mims going to the, the Ravens, uh, offense tackle out of Georgia. So this is like a stretch of – and you see this towards the back of the first round every year where it's like, all right, there's some questions about some of these players, but it's, we're not questioning their size, athleticism, length. They got all that stuff, right? We just got to kind of refine them as players. And so you kind of see that happening here uh, throughout this back back 12. I like the Guyton pick a lot for Dallas because it, it helps you in two spots. It helps keep you strong at left tackle or left guard too. Because you don't move. The, the, the other plan here is Tyler Smith to left tackle. Mm-hmm. So you stay good at left guard and you get a new tackle. Well, and you need Terrence Steele to bounce back as well. Like he's got to be better this coming yeah. season than he was last year. Uh, uh, Packers picking Cooper DeJean just feels very Packers-like. Absolutely. Is it DeJean or DeJean? Is, uh, DeJean. Why, Cooper DeJean. DeJean. All right. All right. There we go. I'm sure I'll get yelled at for that. Um. The Bills picked Chop Robinson, the edge out of Penn State. I need to do more work on Chop Robinson to get more familiar with his skill set. I think the position makes a lot of sense. Wide receiver, defensive end, defensive tackle are just big needs for the Bills. Um, Ton of turnover. On the edge right now, they only have Rousseau, Von Miller, and Kingsley Jonathan under contract. So the need's pretty clear uh, for the Bills along the edge. I don't know if Chop Robinson's exactly the type of player they would go after, but I certainly understand the positional choice for DJ here for the Bills. I like Graham Barton to San Francisco a lot at pick 31. Uh, guy can play all five spots on the offensive line. So kind of pick your pick your poison. Where do you want him? Um, I know they they had a young player in Aaron Banks. 
who was a second round pick a couple years ago. This is a Trey Lance draft class, I believe. Um, so if you want to keep working with Banks, I think Barton could step in at center and play center. He could play right guard. A uh, lot of different because Feliciano's an expiring contract, I believe. Yeah, he, right guard. Kind of, so, kind of some goofy stuff happening here after right. the season with with old John Feliciano. So not, there's not the um, first time that's happened. No shortage of spots for him to step into Graham Barton, and I think that's a great fit stylistically for his strengths as a player with that Shanahan system. Uh, some players that we had going in our mock draft a few weeks ago that DJ did not. Uh, Johnny Newton, the defensive tackle from Illinois. Kool-Aid McKinstry, the Alabama corner. Lad McConkey, the Georgia wide receiver. Uh, we had them. DJ did not. One player that's mutually not in either first-round mock drafts is Keon Coleman, the wide receiver out of Florida State. I know he's big, uh, big, powerful receiver that you know punt, does some punt return. Uh, that gets people excited for for Florida State there, but not a spot uh, in either uh, of our first rounds. Want to shout out also players from DJ's first 2024 mock draft who fell out from the first one to the ah, second one. Okay, who are these players? So we have uh, pick number in the the first edition was Tez Walker, wide receiver from in North Carolina. That's that's cooled quick, hasn't it? Yes, that has lost a lot of steam. Yeah. Did not have a good showing at the the Senior Bowl. Some of the metrics, metrics are not good. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kool Aid McKinstry picked thirty one to San Francisco, fell out. Uh, Johnny Newton previously went twenty eight to the Buffalo Bills in mm-hmm. DJ's first okay. mock. Not on the board this time around. Uh, Jordan Morgan, offensive lineman from Arizona, was twenty pick twenty four to Dallas. Arm he length there. Yeah, you so, think that's yeah, it's, it's depth still of the class. Yeah. Still, yeah, it's the depth of that offensive line class. There's going to be somebody, a bad team picking in the first few picks in the early second round that's going to get a really good offensive lineman just with how good this class is. Um, that, confirming, Bonix went 14 to New Orleans. Oh, wow, a top 15 quarterback in the span of a month gets out of there. I guess he just didn't. Didn't move the needle for anyone at the senior bowl. And that's it. So those are DJ's dropouts. I think I think that's pretty significant. A top 15 quarterback a few weeks later no longer has the landing spot in the first round. Well, they flipped. It was the JJ McCarthy was not in the first time. Oh, for a win, and okay. he comes into the QB four spot. Now he's at the, the, the top 10 top. And top there's not been pick. a game played. Kyle Krabs, not a single game played. Look, yeah, everybody's process. You get into the tape on your own yeah, accord, no, and no doubt. you got to battle the the preconceived notions that exist. It's not an easy line to walk, and even the best of us, you're going to change opinions week to week, month to month this time of year, right? As you collect all the information, which is why it's so good to see the time-lapse mock drafts, and we'll see what DJ, I'd imagine his next comes out after the combine in a few weeks. So we got that to look Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Locked on NFL Scouting. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make it a great rest of your day. But that's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Peace.